Okay, so let's go. So up to the Gemara, Membei Samadalif. The two dots on at the top. Satan Rabbanon. Naisein Adam Chamin Letsai Chasainen. So now we're continuing the discussion about the differences between Klirishain and Klisheni. So a person could pour hot water into cold water. Not, but you can't put cold water into hot water. Divri Beishamai. So Beishamai so says, at least according to Rashi, the principle is, whatever liquid is at the bottom, that's always going to be the one, it says, Tatar Gavad. It's the lower one, which is the strongest. And therefore, whatever liquid is at the bottom, that's what would um, have the biggest impact. So therefore, if you're pouring hot water into cold water, there's no problem, because there's no problem to cool down hot water. The cold water's at the bottom, the hot water's at the top. Therefore, if you say the lower water, that's always the one which is the strongest. Therefore, the cold water will cool off the hot water. Whereas if you're pouring cold water into hot water, in which case, the way Rashi's explaining it, it's the lower water which is the strongest, and therefore the hot water will warm up the cold water. Can I just interject on this? I'm a very quick writer I used to give when I was a kid. At yeah. the hottest time you spoke to the mikvah, and when you would go in every day, you'd ask the attendant, is it hot? You'd say, yeah. One day he went in, and he said, is it hot? He said, yeah. But he went in, it was cold. He said, what happened? He said, normally I pour the hot water into the cold water, and the cold water therefore gets hot. He said, today the hot water was just warm, and therefore when I poured in, it obviously got cold. From that we learn that if we're going to do Kirov work, or we're going to go out and we're going to help people, we have to be hot. We've got to know our stuff properly. So when we mix with these people, we can bring them towards us. Whereas if we just look warm, we'll go and drift towards them. Yeah. And that is the Devar Torah of I've always said you're the Mashkiach of the ship. So, so the way Rashi explains it, Rashi explains it's the lower water that's the always going to be the one which will have the biggest impact, and therefore clearishon, you're going from hot water into cold water, then that's fine. There's no real clearishon. If you're going clearishon of hot water, cold water going into hot water, the hot water is at the bottom. Clearishoni, that's the interesting point. According to Beis Shammai, it's only a gezerah. Because it's only clearishon which would have the impact. So if you pour hot water from a clearishon into a clichéni, so the hot water is at the bottom of the clichéni, and then pour cold water in, that would be forbidden as a gazera. So... Taisvis, he learns slightly differently. He learns, again, the presumption is whatever you're adding in, so either I'm adding in cold water or hot water, the presumption is the water that's already there, that would be the majority. Because when you add, it's only adding in a bit. And therefore, Taisvis learns slightly differently.
different to rush and therefore when you're pouring a bit of when you're pouring cold water into hot water it makes sense that the hot water that would be the majority and you're just putting a bit of cold water it's a slightly different ways to explain it so says the Gemara further so that's the opinion of Beis Shammai whereas of Hillel Aymrim Bein Chamin Nesai Chasainin so both hot water into cold water Uvein Sainin Nesai Chachamin Muta we are putting hot water into cold water it would be permitted so according to Beis Hillel they don't make the difference so this is all talking about with a klisheni, remember, if it's a klirishan, then it would be a problem. Klisheni, Beisilal disagree with Beishamai, and they say even if you're putting cold water into hot water, it would still be forbidden. So we have, sorry, permitted. So we have an argument Beishamai and Beisilal. In the case of klisheni, am I allowed to put cold water into hot water? Whereas Reb Shimon ben Menasya, Aisa. Whereas Reb Shimon ben Manasseh forbids. So the Gemara is actually, we need to go through what exactly is Reb Shimon ben... Yeah, sorry, my bad, I skipped out a line. So when do Beis Hillel allow you to put cold water into hot water? That's only when it's a cup. So Rashi says two svarots, which is interesting. He says, first of all, it's a cup, therefore you're... Um, if you're drinking from it, you don't want to be drinking from boiling hot water. And therefore, if you're pouring cold water into hot water, then you're not going to want it boiling hot. And also, it's a cliché. So I'm not quite sure why he adds in also why you need the first svara. Normally, we say cliché doesn't cook. But Rashi is saying there's two svaras. There's two svaras why Beisalel only say the halacha regarding a cup. Because a person doesn't want boiling hot water, and it's a cliché. So aval, um, aval bambate. If you're pouring it into a bath, then chamin l'say chasainin. So you could put hot hot water into cold water. However, you can't put cold water into into hot because the general svar is a person wants the bath to be burning hot you want your bath to be hotter than the cup of water which you're drinking so says the Gemara further and on this we say Reb Shimon ben Menasya Aisa Reb Shimon ben Menasya says it's forbidden Summer of Nachman, Halacha Kreb Shimon ben Menasya. The Halacha follows Reb Shimon ben Menasya. Now, Reb Shimon ben Menasya, he's very vague because we've discussed a few different cases. We've discussed pouring hot water into cold water, where there everyone agrees it's permitted. The cold water into hot water, when it's a klisheni, it's subject to the Machlaikas Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel. Do Beis Shammai make the Gezerah or not? And then we have Beis Hillel who's making the difference even hot wa- cold water into hot water which is permitted we're making the difference between a cup or a bathhouse. Why, why are we talking about 
talking about Shabbat here, what, what are we talking about the Ambatia for? I mean, the bath you would do with that. Yeah, you're right. So let's see how the Gemara goes a bit further. Okay. You're right. So Savar Yosef Lamema, so Seifalarehu Kambate. So as um, Paul is pointing out, there's we need to talk about something which is a bit lower. So Seifal is something which is some sort of container which is used to wash hands and face. So it isn't a bathtub; it's more some sort of basin. So the question is, although we forbid the bathhouse, a bath, because you want that water to be hot, what would be the halacha with some sort of bowl or basin which is used to wash the hands and feet? So Rabbi Yosef had a half a minute to say that the seifel, that means a, a basin which is used for washing, harehu kambate, then it's like a bathtub. So Amalei Abaya, Tanya Rebchi, Rebchi says clearly, Sefer Eina Kambate, that the wash basin isn't like the bath. And therefore, though we say when it comes to a bath, you can't pour cold water into hot water, it would be permitted to do that when it comes to a basin, which would be more realistic for you, Paul. Yeah, so <laughs> that would land you in hot water, yeah. Yeah, very good. Time is everything, Mr. Plus. Timing is everything. <laughs> oh, nice to hear you. Thank you, thank you. Oh, yeah. yeah, when are you leaving, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know you're on stage. Michael, you should be on stage. There's one leaving in 10 minutes. I didn't want to draw attention to myself, but, but you know, sometimes you just can't give it to the impulse. There we go. You should be on the stage. Speaking <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, so yeah, so this so so the Gemara's made so we we're, we're discussing a few different cases. We're discussing a cup. So a cup, if it's a klisheni, and there's the svar of Rashi, a person doesn't want it to be binding cut. Therefore, one could pour hot, cold water into hot water, according to Basila. Then we forbid a bath, where bath, even if it's a klisheni. A person still wants it to be hot, and therefore it could be boiling hot. That's when it comes to a bath. And the question is, what would be the halacha when it comes to a wash basin? And there the havamina was, it would be like a bath, and it would be forbidden. But we quoted from Reb Chia, Reb Chia says it's permitted. So ask the Gemara, it's a bit interesting to go to a question to the havamina. So lamaida salikadat miyakaram. So that what we had to have a minute to say seifal harehu kambate to say the wash basin is like a bath. For Amar Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman also said halacha kireb shimon ben Menasya. So now we're going to analyze Rav Nachman because we had Rav Shimon ben Menasya after the whole discussion between Beis Hillel and Beis Shammai. So we discussed a klisheni putting cold water into hot water. Beis Shammai forbids it, Beis Hillel permits it. We have, we discussed the halacha of a bath, and then we have Reb Shimon ben Menasya, who just says it's asa, which is very ambiguous, because there's a few cases which we're discussing with. But the Gemara is now going to go through it. So we say the halacha is like Reb Shimon ben Menasya. 
and we also said in the Havamina that a wash basin would be like a bath and it would be forbidden. So Ela Shabbos Rechitza Bechamin Leka then there's, there's no way to wash on Shabbos. Because if you're not allowed to use the wash basin, and Allah is like Rabbi Shimon ben who forbids it, therefore how could you ever wash on Shabbos? The presumption is you have, a, you have the, whatever water you're using to wash your, to wash your face, it's going to be on the kira from before Shabbos, and then you take it off and add some water in order to be able to use it to wash. How would you ever be able to wash your face if the basin will be forbidden? So it's interesting. Sorry, the point is that you can't have hot water that you can use right. because you're not allowed to add cold to cool it down. Correct, yeah. Take it off early and you wait. Yeah, that's interesting. What are we saying? I was thinking about that. How long will it take for it to cool down? I don't know. I'm not sure. It seems like the cash is saying, in principle, it's impossible, but that doesn't seem real. Sorry, can you trust people to wait? It's a bit like, you know, with a candle, if you move it, or a coal that you might stoke. Similarly, if you put cold, you say, well, I'll wait till it down, but if you're in a rush, you might just not wait long enough. Yeah, it's a good point. It is a good point. You'll be concerned that you'll call it down. But did we say cliché is a gazera anyway? Well, that was the interesting... Yeah, no, that was the interesting point. Cliché when it comes to a cup is a gazera. Cliché when it comes to the bath, it seems to be saying because a person anyway wants it to be hot... Therefore, even a cliché would be forbidden. And the safe fellows like it. Well, that's the, the well, that was the discussion. Up, I'm in the it's discussing now. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's more saying, there's no way. There's nothing practically which we could do to make it available to make it ready. It certainly would severely limit it if you can't cool it down a bit. That's for sure. So says the Gemara, Do you think Reb Shimon is going on the Sefer which would forbid, which is talking about the bath? Aresha Kari is going on the Reisha. permit. Both hot water into cold water. Or cold water into hot water. And Reb Shimon ben Manasseh would forbid cold water going into hot water. So this is why we said we have to bear in mind there's different cases which we're discussing. So Reb Shimon ben Manasseh isn't referring to the case of the bath. He's referring to the first case. So the first case where you're going from cold water into hot water. So Beisela permit it and Beishamai forbid it. So when Reb Shimon ben Manasseh says it's forbidden, it's talking about that case. It's talking about cold water going into hot water 
and Rabbi Shimon ben Manasseh forbids it. So says the Gemara, Lema Rabbi Shimon ben Manasseh to Amar Kabe Shammai. So we saying Rabbi Shimon ben Manasseh goes according to Beis Shammai. So because according to this, we're saying Rabbi Shimon ben Manasseh is going on the Reisha, and the Reisha is discussing pouring cold water into hot water. Beis Shammai forbids it, Beis Hillel permit it. If Rabbi Shimon ben Manasseh is going on this case, and Reb Shimon ben Menasseh forbids it. It turns out Reb Shimon ben Menasseh holds like Beis Shammai. So says the Gemara Hachika Amar Lo Nech Lekul Beis Shammai Uveis Hillel B'Davazeh. Reb Shimon ben Menasseh says there was never a disagreement between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel about this, and therefore, according to both Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel, it would be forbidden to put cold water into hot water. So says the Gemara, Amar of Huna Bered of Yeshua, Chazina Leila Rava to Laikopid Amana. So I saw Rava, he wasn't really concerned about the Kalim. Midetanya Rebchia, Naisein Adam Kitan, Shamaim Lesayach Safal Shamaim, Sefer, a person could put a jug of water into this wash basin. Bein Chamin Lesayach Sainen, Uvein Sainen Lesayach Chamin. So we have a quote which says, you could put water into this wash basin, both if you're putting hot water into cold water, or cold water into hot water. And therefore we're saying, rather he wasn't mukbid about this halacha. So it says the Gemara, Amalei Rav Rav Ashi, Shani Hosam Kli. So the, the way we're understanding, we're being a bit pedantic, because it says, Naisin Adam, Kitan Shalmayim, you're putting the jug of water into the wash basin. So the Kumar is saying maybe it doesn't mean he was putting the cold water directly into the hot water. He's putting a jug containing either hot water or cold water into the wash basin. That's what it means nice Saint Adam, Kitan Shalmayim, you're putting a jug of water. So whatever's in the jug, if it's hot or cold water, the reason why we might be more lenient because we're not pouring the water directly into the water of the basin, we're putting the jug itself. And therefore, if it's hot water in a jug, it might heat it up, but certainly won't be as, um, as hot as pouring hot water directly, because here you're putting the hot water in the jug, and the jug itself is going into it. Maybe that's what the, the Lashon is. Nice in Adam Ketan Shamayim. So Amalei Ma'ara Itma, the Gemara, the Lashon is you pour. So Ma'ara Adam Kitan Shamayim Nesach Sefer Shamayim, you pour a jug of water. So the moment you say you're talking about pouring, you can't say, well, I'm the reason why we could be so lenient is because I'm putting the water, jug of water itself inside. I'm not, I'm pouring. So Bein Chamin Nesach Sainim, Bein Sainim Nesach And therefore we see from this case that there are viewpoints which are more lenient. So says the says the Mishnah. So ha'ilfas vakadera. So now we're going to discuss the different abilities of pots or frying pans when they're taken off the fire. 
we essentially treat them as a clearishan as long as they're boiling hot. So if you take off a pot, a frying pan, or a pot boiling hot, so you shouldn't put spice into this frying pan. So as long as this frying pan is hot to the point of Yad lettuce by, so Yad lettuce is when you handle or recoil or something that will burn a baby. So you shouldn't put spice inside because the spice, spices will get cooked. However, say you had whatever you were cooking. Say you are cooking your schnitzel in the frying pan. And then you put that, so we said, you can't put spices directly into the frying pan, even though you've removed the frying pan from the fire. Because as long as it's still hot, it's a clearition. However, the moment you put it all into a serving dish, then you're allowed to add spices into dishes which are hot once they're on the serving dish. Because once they've left the frying pan into the into the serving dishes, then they even if they're hot, they won't be able to be mavashal. So Rashi says the cliche need isn't mavasha. So again, so the mission is saying if you're adding spices to the frying pan or the pot directly, then you're in a problem. Because they're the frying pan or the pot, they're considered a clearishan as long as they're yad saledispa. The moment you remove the frying pan, you remove the contents into a serving dish, then there's more room to be makeup. Yeah. Whereas Rabbi Huda Aimela Kolhun Naisin, he could put and he could add the spices to anything. Besides for a dish which has vinegar or fish brine. So again, so Rabbi Huda is very unclear. The Gemara is going to analyze what's Rabbi Huda going on. Rabbi Huda says you could put spices into anything besides for a dish which has salt, which has vinegar or fish brine. So what's the case? So the Gemara, this is what the Gemara is going to ask. When Rabbi Huda says his point, I could put spices into anything as long as the dish doesn't have vinegar or fish brine, because there they would cook the spices. So the question is, is he going on the reisha, and therefore he's going lakula? So how would we understand the Mishnah if Rabbi Yehud is going on the reisha? So the Tanakhama says you have a pot or a frying pan which is taken off the fire. The Tanakhama say you can't put any spices into the pot or the frying pan which was taken off the fire. Says Rabbi Huda, I'm being lenient. As long as it isn't a dish which contains vinegar or fish brine, then it would be permitted. So if Rabbi Huda is going on the ratio, he's being even more lenient. He's saying even if the dish has, even if the frying pan or the pot has been taken off the fire, 
As long as there's as long as there isn't fish brine or vinegar, one could put spices there. I dilma safer koi or maybe he's going on the safer and then he's being more machmi. Because what's the safer? The safer says the moment you transfer the contents into a serving dish or a bowl, then you're permitted to put the spices into the serving dish or bowl. Says Rabbi Huda that as long as the serving dish doesn't have any salt or fish brine. So the Gemara says Rabbi Huda is saying a statement. He's saying if there's a dish which contains fish brine or vinegar, it would be forbidden. But we're not clear, is he responding to the Reisha or is he responding to the Sefer? If he's responding to the Reisha, the Reisha, then he's being lenient because the Tanakama forbids you to put spices directly into the frying pan or into a pot. Says Rabbi Huda, as long as there's no vinegar or fish brine, it's permitted. If it's on the Sefer, then he's more strict because the Tanakama say the moment you go into a serving dish, it's permitted, says Rabbi Yehuda. If it has fish brine or vinegar, then it would be forbidden. So you could put into any frying pan, and you could put into any boiling hot pot, besides for a dish which has fish brine or vinegar. And therefore we see clearly Rabbi Huda is going on the Reisha and he's being more lenient. He's saying you could put it into any frying pan or pot which was removed from the fire burning cut as long as the dish doesn't contain fish brine or vinegar. So Amalei Abaya Satani Rebchia Melech Eina Ketavlin so salt isn't like a spice. The bekli sheni nami bashla. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, my my bad. Yeah. So sovar Rabbi Yosef lemeima. So melach hare. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. So sovar Rabbi Yosef lemeima. So melach hare yukatavlin. Salt is like spice. The bekli rishain bashla. Or bekli sheni loy bashla. That if you put salt into a shine, it would get cooked. Into a klisheni, it wouldn't get cooked. So the mission is making the difference between the frying pan or the pot which was on the fire, or the dish or the food which is now going into the serving dish. We said. How do you cook salt? Sorry. How do you cook salt? Or how do you cook spices? No, no. Salt dissolves. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, salt doesn't undergo any change if you heat, if you heat it in hot water. Because well, if you, you can pour the water out and you get back the salt, nothing changes. Yeah, but even the, I'm not sure something, let's say, boiling up hot water, the water doesn't physically change, but it's hot. That act of heating up is an act of cooking. So you're using the word cooking for salt? Right, okay, so maybe we shouldn't use the word cooking, mavasha might be the better word. Or is, it, or is it because it's actually sort of changing the nature of what you've got on the, the, the food itself? Yeah, no, there's a, big, there's a big discussion. If you have something cold, could you heat it up? Is heating up considered mavasha? Now, you're not changing anything in terms of... You can, the, you can reheat bread. 
Sorry? Sort of like a preservative, you're like preserving it, yeah. you're sort of changing states of it. Right, but the question is, if it has heat added to it, is that considered mavasha? No. Well, I'm saying, why would hot water be changed with cold water or hot water? You're not changing anything. It's not like you have a raw piece of meat which is now being cooked. That's the whole big problem if you have um, gravy. Could you put it onto the hot plate on Shabbos? You've got fluids. Can you heat it up? You're not changing the gravy in the case where it hasn't congealed, even if it's still liquid. You're not happy, man. Yeah. We have to define Mavasha more. Um, we have to really define what's Bishon. Pass the white. Yeah. So Amalei Abayat, so Tan so Melach Eina Kataflin. So salt isn't like spices. It's a bit cliche in Nami Bashla. So now Michael won't be very happy with this because he's saying even in a cliche salt would get cooked or mavashal. So salt will be mavashal more easily than spices. Or pliki Rib Nachman. So he argues on Rib Nachman. So Michael, you'll agree with Rib Nachman. To Amar Rib Nachman. So Sericha Melcha Bishula Kavisra de Torah. So salt needs to be cooked like an ox meat. So in other words, ox meat needs to be on a clearish and on boiling cut. And therefore, in order for salt to be considered mm-hmm. mavashal, it needs to be in a clearish. So according to Reb Nachman, the moment you've taken off the, the frying pan or the pot from the fire, then whatever you put, even if you put salt into it, the salt wouldn't be impacted. It needs to be something which is really boiling hot. So, Michael, that makes you a bit happier, according to Reb Nachman. So, salt is like spices. It gets cooked in a clearishan, it doesn't get cooked in a clearishan. So, so melach enai kataplin. Salt isn't like spices. To be clearish nami bashla. So even in the clearishan, it wouldn't be cooked like Michael wants to say. That in order for salt to be mavashal, it's like the the meat of an ox, and therefore just putting it onto a frying pan which has been removed from the flame wouldn't be mavashal. So we have a few different opinions. We cover all. We cover all the grounds with salt. We have Reb Nachman, who's the most lenient, where there he says salt, even in a clearishan which is removed from the fire, one wouldn't be over mavashal. We have Reb Yosef, who says that melech is like a tavlin. In other words, clearishani, it's cooked clearishan, it wouldn't get cooked, and we have one. Version of Rebchia, only one version where salt, even in the cliché, wouldn't be cooked. So says the Mishnah. Now we're going to discuss all various halachas of muksa. So ain't nice than kli tachas haner lekabah by es So this is a 
interesting discussion. So we have, say you have your lamp and it's leaking oil and you obviously want to save the oil. So you can't put a vessel underneath the lamp in order to collect the oil. So Rashi preempts the sugi and the, discuss, the discussion in the Gemara, either because you could only you can't take a kli for the purpose of something which is muksa. So let's say I can move a bowl because I want to put a salad on it, but could I move a bowl for the sake of saving the oil when the oil itself is muksa? That's one opinion we're going to see in the Gemara. Or he says it's a very interesting svara that essentially if you put this, if you put a bowl to collect the oil, the oil is muksa, then essentially what are you doing? You're making the bowl muksa. The bowl which you use to collect the oil, the moment it contains the oil becomes muksa because of the oil. So Rashi says it's a very interesting uh, way of looking at things. So therefore, because you can't move it, it's like, in a sense, it's fixed in its place, and it's like a malacha. Because a malacha, sometimes you would glue a clear or whatever adhesive you're using to get the clear to stick. But not being able to move a clear in that sense, is similar to a malacha, which is a very interesting svara. So says the Mishnah further. So the if it was put before Shabbos, then mutter would be permitted. So the however, you can't benefit from the oil. because this oil wasn't um, directly available when Shabbos came in. So although one could put a bowl underneath the lamp. You can't collect the oil because the bowl was there on Friday. It's collecting oil over Shabbos. You can't then just use that oil as a dressing because that oil itself is muksa. But that's just over Shabbos, right? You could use yeah, it correct. Yeah, that, that would be fine because no malach has been done. The only question is if you can't have benefit from something in the weekday is when a malacha has been done. So says the Gemara father, so Amr of Chizda, so Alpha Pisha Amr Einaisnin Kli. So an egg which lays a, a chicken which lays an egg on Shabbos, you can't do anything with that egg, it's muksa. And therefore, although we said you can't put a bowl underneath the chicken in order to collect the egg, because we said you can't move a kli for the sake of something muksa. However, you're allowed to overturn a clean order for it not to break. So if you have the egg lying on the floor, you're allowed to cover it with a bowl so that people shouldn't step on it. 
Um, so the so the answer is we 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 are makers slightly. Yeah. So let's see the Gemara. So I'm a rabbi. My time is Rebchizda. Kasava Tangailis Asoya Lahatel Beitsasa Baashba. In other words, the norm is where does a Michael the Gemara is going to address your point? So the norm is where do, where does a chicken lay its egg? It doesn't really lay its egg on the slopey ground, in which case you're concerned it's going to be laid, and the egg is then going to roll down the hill and smash. And chicken normally lays the egg for ashbas even in a rubbish dump. And therefore, so says the Gemara, And therefore, the normal case of saving the egg, you don't need to even collect the egg. You just need to cover the egg with a vessel. And therefore, you're right, Michael, although you, we are allowing him to move the clee, we're being lenient for the sake of saving it. Well, we, sorry? walking around holding on a vessel, how do you know you bring it upside down or the one way up? Yeah, but remember, Mar- there's less of a case of Maris Iron because you're allowed to carry a bowl. The only question is, if I'm using that bowl for something... How do you know which way up you're going to put it? When no, you put no. It for chicken? No, no, so it lays the egg and then cover it with the bowl. Mar- Again, there's even a less of a case of Maris Iron. Because if you see someone holding a bowl, you don't think anything. And then when the egg gets laid, you cover the egg with the bowl. So vatsala mitsuya hitiru, vatsala she'ena mitsuya lo And therefore for something which isn't so common to do, therefore they didn't allow it. So therefore, in our case of our Mishnah, so Rashi puts the two together. When you say to save something which isn't so common, and therefore Rashi says, so both an egg which is laid on the slant or, an, or to collect the oil, both cases aren't so common. And therefore we weren't lenient with Hilchas Muksa. And therefore to cover an egg which is laid on Shabbos, Look, and eggs are laid on Shabbos. It's a very common problem. They could get squashed. And therefore cover it with a vessel. But to move the vessel just to collect the egg initially, or to collect the oil, because those things aren't so common, they weren't lenient. And therefore Abkhiz is saying a very interesting svar. So the interesting svar is, although there is a din of not moving something for the for the purpose of something which is muksa, we are lenient in the cases where there's damaging.
Okay. So Tosfos, he has a slightly different approach. He says we're not talking about muksa, we're talking about an extra tircha. And therefore to do an extra tircha, which is something which isn't common, that they wouldn't permit. And therefore to start moving a kli to catch the egg, that's an extra tircha involved, because it's unnecessary. Because you very rarely need to actually catch the egg initially. It's normally sufficient just to cover the egg which has been laid. So two different approaches. So for something which isn't common, they don't permit it to be saved. So if you have a barrel of tevel, so tevel, say you're one, you haven't taken truma from it. So you haven't given your portion to the kaihanim. You can't separate truma on Shabbos. And therefore this barrel of wine is muksa. Now if this barrel breaks, maybe kli you could bring a vessel and put it underneath the barrel. And therefore what do we see from here? Even though it isn't so common how many people's barrels of wine smash, nevertheless we're able to bring a kli in order to save the wine inside. So says the Gemara. And that's not true. But golfe chadati so the Gemara says, you're talking about earthenware vessels, where that's very common for them to break. So maybe they were more um, more poor quality. But when you're dealing with new earthenware vessels, it wasn't, um, it was quite common for them to break. And therefore... Well, we're getting a lot of interference. I don't know if it's everyone else is picking it up, but... Um... Yeah, you were breaking up with it. Yeah, yeah thanks, Michael. Yeah. Oh, okay, so I'll try to stay still. It's usually the internet connection, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. It can sometimes be mobile phones. Yeah? Interesting. Okay, so let's see. If it, goes, if it carries on staying bad, I'll just switch to my phone. So the Gemara says, when it comes to these barrels, if you're dealing with new earthenware barrels, it's more shechiach for them to break. And that's why we are lenient to save the tevel wine. So Eisvei, Noisnen kli tachas haner, says, We're allowed to put a kli underneath the lamp. In order nitzaitzes is all the sparks from a lamp. Now sparks are muksa, but yet we're moving a vessel for the sake of those sparks. So says the Gemara, The Gemara says sparks are also common. And therefore you don't want sparks flying out from your lamp or your candle. Because that would that potentially could cause damage. And the Gemara says it's something which is common. And therefore we are lenient. So Eisve, Kaifin Kara Alaner, Shalai Yaiches Bekara. So now this you have to be careful. But say you have a fire which you're concerned with, you're allowed to cover the flame with a vessel as long as you're not going to be putting it out. So you have to leave a bit of airflow available to the vessel, but you are allowed to cover the lamp with a vessel. So it shouldn't burn, burn 
the beam. Now this is a very rare case. Surely, how many cases do you have when you're worried your lamp is going to burn your ceiling? Nevertheless, we said one's allowed to move a Hanukkah. Yeah, but even then, the ceiling. Our case was this. Sorry. Uh, right. Okay. So the Gemara is going to answer. So bavate gachine to shechiach b'hudaleka. You're dealing with houses where there's a low ceiling. So if it's a low ceiling, then it's very common. Now you're right, Michael. A general fire hazard. You you're correct. Here the Gemara is just being, um, is just asking because the reason is so it shouldn't burn the ceiling. So what would be the chances of a lamp on your table burning the ceiling? So the Gemara says, no, in cases where it's a low ceiling, then there is a concern. So v'chein karash nishpura, if you have a beam that breaks, san kan aysa besafsal uvaruka samita. One could support it with a, with a, um, safsal is a bench or varuka samita, is parts of a bed. So you have the beam which is broken, one's allowed to move a bench or a bed which are non-muqsa items for the sake of the muqsa items. So says the Gemara, So the Gemara says you're talking about, again, new beams, where there they, it's more common that they should break. So the, this is the same theme throughout the Gemara, we're asking a question, and the Gemara says it actually is a common occurrence. So nice and clear, tachas adelaf b'shabas. One could put a vessel underneath a drip or rainwater on Shabbos. Now again, this is if you have a leak, surely it's uncommon. So says the Gemara, Again, you're dealing with new houses where there's it's more common. For there to be a leak. So says the Gemara, Rabbi Yosef Aimer, Sahainu Tama de Reb Chista. So this is the reason of Reb Chista. So up until now, we were trying to understand Reb Chista allows you to move a kli to cover an egg. And the discussion is, how could I move that kli? Because I'm moving the kli for the sake of something muksa. And the general theme throughout the sugya was, in a case where the damage is more common, the chazawa mako. Now we're having a different approach to why Reb Chizda says, cover the egg with a kli, as opposed to putting a kli underneath the chicken in order to collect it. So, Hainatamad Reb Chizda, Mishum de Komavata Kli Mehechanai. That means by putting the the kli underneath the chicken in order to collect the egg is different between putting the kli over the egg. What's the difference? If you have the kli which now is collecting the egg, this kli becomes muksa. Because you can no longer move it because the egg's inside. And therefore you're being mavatal at the kli you're no longer using the kli which was available to use. However, if you're covering a, an egg with a kli, then although really you wouldn't want to move that kli, 
but by covering it, it doesn't make the egg, it doesn't make the clean muksa. There's always a difference between something muksa going into the container. So in which case the container is a container for something that's muksa, or covering an egg with a container. Because when I'm covering an egg with a container, the container is a muksa. And therefore this is a different opinion to why Rebbe makes the difference between covering the egg with a container or allowing the egg to go into the container. So Now if you're saying the problem is, according to Rav Chizda, that the moment you put a kli to be makabal the egg, you're being a mevatal a kli So in which case, how do we understand the case of tevel? So in the case of tevel, the wine containing tevel broke. I'm allowed to put a vessel underneath in order to collect the wine. Now, according to Rabbi Yosef, the only reason why Rabbi Chizda allowed you to put a kli on top of the egg, because by putting a kli on top of the egg, I'm not nullifying the kli from its, um, from its purpose. The problem is, if the egg goes inside the kli, according to Rabbi Yosef, then you're being mavatal the kli. In which case, how do I allow the kli to collect the wine? If you learn how we previously explained, we said, look, you're allowed to do something to save something if it's a common occurrence. And therefore use a kli to collect the wine because we're dealing with new barrels, which is a regular occurrence for them to break. But now Rabbi Yosef is saying the new svara. The new svara is, you're stopping a kli from being used as opposed to putting an egg, a kli over the egg, I'm not stopping the kli from being used. So in which case, why in the case of barrel, with a barrel of wine, where I'm collecting that wine in a vessel, surely I'm stopping a kli from being used. This is a very interesting svara. So tevel is considered prepared for Shabbos. She'im because if a person would be mis- would take truma, then it would be fine. Because to take truma on Shabbos isn't a malachad araisa, it's only malachad rabbanan. And therefore, were one to to take truma, it would be fine. And therefore, you're not really um, putting a stopping a kli from being used. Are you professing? Yes, that's the gazer rabbanan. Because physically I'm not doing anything. Who are you taking some? No, but in other words, I'm not changing. You're right. So, so that's why the Rabbanon say it resembles it. Quick question. Do you have to take truma on the original wine in the barrel or on the wine that's collected after the barrel broke? It's up to him. It's up to him. The point is, however he takes truma, then that wine is permitted. Yeah. Even, the, even though it's in Yomzah? Oh, yeah, he shouldn't do it. But it's you've only good. Yeah, you've got something similar with Matak and Kli on in um, Sukkot related to Hatasim. Because if the Anabim, if you've got berries on the, uh, on, on the myrtle and they are more numerous, there's a leaf. Pardon? Special word for that. 
you just cut them off and you make it kosher. Me, I can't. But, but it's a, so you make it so not, I think, between Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Tzadok and the Chachamim. If you do it on Yom Tov, whether or not it's kosher, uh, whether or not you can use the Hadas, because it's roughly referred to be the Tuck and Clean. Anyway, oh, great. Anyway, so, yeah. anyway, so, uh, so anyway, just uh, by the by. Yeah, great. Yeah, no, some, yeah, very good. So the, you know, the question is here, when you say the Malach and the Mishkan being Masak and the Kli, Malach and the Mishkan wasn't separating trauma. It was putting the final work in terms of building something. So Michael's point about being Masak and Kli, it, it, separating trauma isn't Masak and Kli in the sense of the Mishkan. Remember, all the Malachas are based on the Mishkan. It wasn't a Malacha to separate trauma. But the Rabbanon put the Gezerah because it resembles it. And that's why they forbid it. But if you were to do a Malacha to Rabbanon, it wouldn't be forbidden. So nice and clear Tachas Kabel Nitzayt says, So now how could we put a vessel underneath a lamp in order to collect the sparks? Because you're being Mavato Kli Mehechanai. So says the Gemara, Amr of Hanab Rav Yeshua, it cites as Ein Bohen Mamish. The sparks, they don't have anything substantial to them. It's just a spark. And therefore, it wouldn't create an Issa of Muksa. So, Vachain Karish and Nishbra. So, beam that broke. So, Saim Kan Aisa Besafstal, Samita. You could support this beam either with a bench or with a bed. And again, the question is according to Rabbi Yosef, who says the problem is. I can't put a kli to collect an egg because I'm being mavato kli mehechanai. Then how could I put a, a bed or a bench underneath the beam? So says the commander rope to ibai shakale that it has to be loose, and therefore I'm not putting the full weight of the beam onto the bed. If I'm able, to, if I want to, I could still move the bed, and therefore I'm not being mavato kli mehechanai. So nice and clear tachas adelef b'shabbos. So I could put a kli under a leak on Shabbos. How could I do that? Surely the kli becomes muksa. So it says the Gemara b'delef So in those days they weren't so into their hygiene, and therefore it was a leak which they would drink. And therefore, if you have a leak, I'm putting a kli underneath it, and I kill two birds with one stone. Not only do I stop the leak, I also have water which I could drink. <laughs> So, kaifin es asalif neha afro. As opposed to a leak, which one eats? Yeah. Which one can't? Eats. Oh, very good. Yeah. So, kaifin es asalif neha afro. Kim shayalo fayedu. So, one could put a basket upside down in front of chicks so they could climb up and go down. And But how could we? The moment the chicks, which are muksa, go on it, it becomes muksa. So, says the Gemara, kasava. So this time holds, it's only us as long as the chicks are on it. The moment the chicks are off it, then it's permitted to move it. So it says the Gemara, Vatanya it says it's forbidden. It says the Gemara, that's talking about where the chicks are on the Kli. So when the chicks are on the Kli, it's forbidden to move. Vatanya but we said even when the chicks aren't on the kli, it's forbidden. So says the Gemara, So this is an important principle when it comes to muksa. When something is muksa, then it's muksa for the entire day. 
even if the reason why that item was muksa goes away. So say you have an animal. Animal is muksa. You can't shecht it. Then say it dies. And you want to give that dead animal to your dog. So even though now there's a use for the dead animal, but because it was muksa bein ashmashas, it's muksa for the entire day. And therefore if the chicks were on the vessel bein ashmashas, then the vessel would be muksa for the entire day, even if the chicks go off it. But if the chicks go 2 o'clock on Shabbos afternoon onto the vessel, and then they get off it, then it would be fine. Yeah, should we call it a day here? Good. Yeah, yeah. So we'll... Oh,